It's time for Mary Farfisa. Yay! What song does a star sing when it's all by itself? What sound does a comet make when it's flying around? And did you know that the sun enjoys playing the drums? And did you know that the moon has a favorite tune? Well, you might think that outer space There's a melody in all that astronomy. Well, I roam through galaxies looking for sounds that interest me. There's too many to mention if I just pay attention. Songs and sounds, music and noise Can be as much fun as a box full of toys Songs and sounds, music and noise I'll catch them all with my lasso I'm Mary Farfisa. Today's episode, The Chocolate-Covered Rocket. Hello, children. It's time for another Mary Farfisa adventure. See that cozy-looking inflatable house floating in space over there? That's where Mary Farfisa lives with her space horse, Briscoe. It's still early, but the lights have been on in the inflatable house for quite a while. There have been all sorts of sounds coming from the inflatable kitchen. Sounds like this. And this. And this. And this. Do you recognize some of those sounds? Do they remind you of the sounds you hear when your mom or dad are in the kitchen baking something? Because that's exactly what Mary and Briscoe have been doing all morning, baking. Let's peek inside the inflatable kitchen. Mmm, the inflatable kitchen is still warm from the oven being on. And what's that delicious smell in the air? It smells like cake. Oh yes, look over there on the kitchen table. It is a cake. It's a very tall, round cake covered with marshmallow frosting and dotted with bright red balupa fruits. And look on the counter. There's an empty container of carbulian custard. That cake must be filled with it. What a pretty cake they've made. And Mary and Briscoe must think it's pretty too. 
They're sitting at the kitchen table, just staring at it. The cake we made looks so good, Briscoe. I know. And I worked up such an appetite while we were making it. Me too. And I bet it'll taste really, really good. Even better than the first two we made. I'll bet it's the best one yet. But wait, we did eat the first two we made, didn't we? This one is Mary and Briscoe's Baloopa Fruit and Carbulian Custard Cake 3.0. Right. So we can't eat this one before it gets to the bake sale, Mary. We're all out of Baloopa Fruit, and there's no Carbulian Custard left either. This one has to last till you take it to school. Oh, you're right. And I do want Mrs. Menlo's bake sale to be a big success. It's just that the cake looked so good. You sound like Harmonia. Oops, I do. Briscoe, I'm going to go out on my space bike, so I don't think about that cake anymore. And I'm going to go look through that box of records I brought back from Wapanala, so I don't think about the cake anymore either. Deal. Mary and Briscoe's Baloopa Fruit and Carbulian Custard Cake 3.0 is going to make it to that bake sale. So, Mary said goodbye to Briscoe and pedaled her space bike out into the stars. Let's see, what can I do in outer space today? I know, I'll go to the asteroid belt and ride my space bike around there. And off she went. It wasn't too long before she was in the asteroid belt. Do you know what asteroids are? They're like big rocks that float and tumble and bump together sometimes in outer space. Mary had fun zipping around between them and making the bike jump over them. When she got tired, she landed on one asteroid and watched the others float lazily by. Mary Farfisa loves songs and sounds and music and noise, but she also likes quiet times too. And she stood and listened for a while to how quiet and peaceful it sounded in space. But it wasn't long before she heard something, something very loud indeed. It sounded like this. Zoom! And it was followed by something that sounded like this. What could it be? Mary waited and looked out into the asteroid belt. And there it was again, even louder. Zoom! Mary peered out in the direction the sound had come from, and there she saw it. A small brown rocket ship was speeding around in the asteroid belt, and it was being chased by a bunch of tiny star piglets with little pink snouts and little twisty tails, and of course two little antennas on each of their little foreheads. I wonder why they're chasing that poor rocket ship. Mary Farfisa wondered for a moment if they were playing tag or hide-and-go-seek. But it doesn't look like they're playing. 
It looks like the rocket ship is trying desperately to get away from the piglets. Mary was right. The rocket ship would speed ahead of the piglets, then disappear behind an asteroid trying to lose them. But the piglets would look around and find the rocket again, and the chase would be back on. There was one little star piglet in front. He seemed to be their leader. Just then, the rocket ship did some impressive loops and fast figure eights among the asteroids. And there, the star piglets and Mary lost track of where the rocket was. Mary watched as the star piglets looked around, oinking with excitement. Where did the rocket ship go? Mary asked herself. Zoom! There it is. It's flying right towards me. Uh, hey, hello. Why are those star piglets chasing you? Isn't it obvious? They want to eat me. Eat you? I've never heard of star piglets eating rocket ships before. But you haven't seen a rocket like me before now, have you? Mary had to admit, she had never seen a rocket like the one that was talking to her now. Not only did this rocket talk, but it had big round eyes behind its pointy striped nose. And there was something else about this rocket, something she couldn't see when it was far away and speeding around. This talking rocket ship was made out of chocolate. Oh yes, I made entirely of candy. The rocket told Mary. They call me the chocolate-covered rocket. And that's why the star piglets want to eat you. For star piglets love sweets. They caught my chocolatey scent as soon as I entered their solar system with their keen little star piglet snouts. And they've been chasing me ever since. But they can't eat you. You're alive. I don't think they realize that. And I'm afraid if I slow down, they'll gobble me up faster than I can explain it to them. It's not easy to reason with a gang of hungry star piglets. No, it's not. I think if I could just find a place to hide, though, they might give up eventually and go back home. I know a place. Right on this asteroid, there's a big, deep cave in this one. Right over there. You can hide in it. Oh, good. But you better do it fast. I see the star piglets coming this way. Zoom! Hey, little girl. Have you seen a delicious-looking chocolate-covered rocket go by? A chocolate-covered rocket? That's right. Hmm, I did see one. It was heading that way, and it was going very fast. It was heading straight out of the asteroid belt and onto the next solar system. Thanks. Let's go. Now that the star piglets were gone, Mary was full of questions about the chocolate-covered rocket, who was now hiding, rather successfully, in the cool, deep cave that Mary had told him about. So she waited till the star piglets were out of sight. Then she crept into the entrance of the cave and called out to him. Mr. Chocolate-Covered Rocket? The whole cave smelled like rich chocolate and creamy nougat filling and caramel and candy and other sweet things. Yes, I'm here, little girl, answered the chocolate-covered rocket. Thank you for telling me about this cave. 
You're welcome. My name is Mary Farfisa, and I'm very curious about you. I've been to a lot of places in outer space, but I've never met a rocket made out of candy. I'm not surprised, Mary Farfisa. As far as I know, I'm the only one like me. Would you like to hear my story? Yes, please. Mary Farfisa loves to hear stories, so she took a seat on a rock and leaned in, very anxious to hear what the chocolate-covered rocket had to say. Very well, then. And the story the chocolate-covered rocket told Mary was this. In a sunny little galaxy, a big hop, a little skip, and a medium-sized jump from the brightest star you've ever seen is a candy-colored planet called Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth is candy-colored for a simple reason. The entire planet is made of candy. The people of Sweet Tooth are a happy and industrious people, and they use everything on their tasty planet to make life a pleasant and peaceful affair. They make their houses with lollipop bricks. They drive around the licorice roads in candy bar cars. And they make tools and toys and instruments and inventions from taffy and caramel and truffles and gummies. Whenever they get hungry, they just eat whatever's around. That sugar-coated chair no one ever sits on, or the jelly beans that fall from the tree in the yard, or a big handful of the cotton candy flakes that fall from the sky when it snows. They can eat whatever and as much as they want, for there's always more candy on Sweet Tooth, and candy is the only thing people on Sweet Tooth ever eat. They had a king on Sweet Tooth who was well-loved and thoughtful, and his real name was Oliver. But he was mostly just called the Candy King. The Candy King was different from most people on Sweet Tooth, the chocolate-covered rocket told Mary Farfisa, because he was curious about everything, not just things on the planet Sweet Tooth, but about how things might be on other planets. The Candy King looked up every night at the starry sky over Sweet Tooth and dreamed of traveling through space and seeing what things might be out there. I wonder what they do out there and what there is to see. How alike things might be out there, or how different life might be. That was the kind of thing the Candy King would often say. So his people, who wanted the Candy King to be happy, decided to build him a rocket ship so he could visit those planets he dreamed about. So all the scientists and engineers on Sweet Tooth went to work, and they built the Candy King a rocket. And like everything else on Sweet Tooth, the rocket was made entirely of candy. They gave me a dark chocolate body, held together by shiny, bright mints. They filled my fuel tanks with chocolate milk and gave me a hard candy control panel. They filled my interior with soft marshmallow cushions for the Candy King to sit on. And they put round, clear sugar windows in my sides for the Candy King to look out from. Finally, the big day came and the Candy King was presented with the chocolate-covered rocket. Everyone was pleased at how delighted the King was and how he said, What a fine-looking rocket! Surely, 
no finer rocket has been created on Sweet Tooth or anywhere else. But everyone was taken completely by surprise when the chocolate-covered rocket answered. Thank you, sire. It shall be my privilege to take you to the stars and beyond. No one, not the scientists who imagined him, or the engineers who designed him, or the confectioners who had made him, had ever dreamed that when the chocolate-covered rocket was finished, it would come to life. But that is exactly what happened. But no matter, the Candy King was more pleased than ever to discover that his rocket could talk. It wasn't very long before the Candy King and the chocolate-covered rocket began exploring outer space. Thus began a happy time for the Candy King and the chocolate-covered rocket. The Candy King was anxious to start exploring space, and even though nothing like the rocket had ever been built on Sweet Tooth before, for the people of Sweet Tooth are not usually the curious type, the chocolate-covered rocket flew just fine, and it carried the Candy King fast and far through the stars. The Candy King would sit on his fine marshmallow pillows and gaze out the clear round windows and wonder at the things he could see. Then they would return to Sweet Tooth, where the Candy King would look after his kingdom until their next excursion. It was during those interplanetary trips that another thing became apparent about the chocolate-covered rocket. It knew more things than had ever been put into it. The rocket was full of information and lots of good stories, and it could explain things about faraway worlds without any idea how it knew what it knew. That's wonderful to know, the king would say. But how in the world did you know it? It's true that I know a great many things, but what I don't know is how I know it. But no matter. The Candy King enjoyed learning about the things they saw, and he listened, spellbound, to the chocolate-covered rocket stories. And the chocolate-covered rocket turned out to be quite conscientious and kind, and he looked after the king on their journeys and kept him out of danger and free from harm. So all was well, the rocket told Mary, until the day of the stardust storm. I remember that stardust storm. Briscoe and I had to take shelter on Fripple Pop 7 to keep from being swept up in it. The Candy King and I were not so fortunate. We were flying through deep space, and there was no way we could avoid it. The stardust storm swept us up, carried us away. It took us farther from Sweet Tooth than we'd ever been before. And when it was over, we had no idea where we were or if we'd ever be able to get back home. Oh, that's terrible. We were both very afraid, though neither of us was willing to say so to the other. The chocolate-covered rocket and the candy king had good reason to be afraid. The stardust storm had blown them into a vast and very empty part of space. There were no planets or moons for them to land on, and not another space traveler in sight. The chocolate-covered rocket used all his hard candy instruments and devices and all his knowledge to figure out where Sweet Tooth was 
and how long it would take them to get back. And the worst part was this. A chocolate-covered rocket doesn't eat, but a person from Sweet Tooth likes to eat all the time. Of course, the chocolate-covered rocket was made of candy. Very delicious candy. The best on Sweet Tooth. But if the Candy King ate the rocket, what would he go home in? And besides, his trips in the chocolate-covered rocket were his favorite thing in the world. What would he do without the rocket? As we flew endlessly through empty space, the Candy King grew quite hungry, indeed. I knew it was hard for him to be so hungry while surrounded by delicious candy. I offered parts of myself to the Candy King. Just a nibble, a bite on a marshmallow cushion, sire. Just break a piece off the control panel and munch on that. But he would not hear of it. So I did all I could to keep him happy and keep his mind off his hunger. I told him every story I could think of. I dug through all the things I knew and told him the things that were the most fascinating. They kept looking for Sweet Tooth, but more and more time passed without any planet in sight, much less the king's beloved Sweet Tooth. It was quite hard for the chocolate-covered rocket to watch the growing discomfort of the Candy King, which he so bravely tried to conceal, and the chocolate-covered rocket begged him again to just take a bite, just a bite out of him. But again, the Candy King refused. He said, I could eat your marshmallow cushions, but I fear they might be the source of your gentle kindness and comforting disposition. And the universe would be so much poorer a place if those things were no longer part of it. I could eat the hard, bright candies of your control panels, but I fear they might be the keepers of your clear thoughts and colorful insights, and I would not like to face the universe without them. I could eat the lively colored mints that hold your chocolate-covered frame together. But I fear those mints might be the source of your humor and your wit. And I would not like to think of a world where those things didn't exist. I could drink the chocolate milk from your fuel tanks. But I wonder that this milk might be the source of your life itself. And if drinking it shortened our friendship by even one day, it would be far too high a price to pay. And the Candy King concluded, So, no, my dear Rocket, I shall stay hungry. And I say to you, use your chocolate milk fuel to propel us home faster. Use those lively colored mints to hold your chocolate-covered frame together when we are battered by solar winds. Use your marshmallow cushions to keep me warm when space grows cold around us. And use the bright, hard candies of your controls to guide us safely and steadily toward home. And when we arrive there, but not before, you will see the Candy King sit down to a meal. The chocolate-covered rocket was quite moved by how much he had come to mean to the Candy King. 
and the rocket, in turn, realized how much friendship he had come to feel for the king. What he said made me even more determined than ever to return him to his home. And time passed, and after much searching, and after exhausting nearly all of the chocolate milk in my tanks, we found our way back to Sweet Tooth. And the Candy King was happily reunited with his people. And he ate a very big meal indeed. When the chocolate-covered rocket finished his story, it was very quiet in the cave. Mary Farfisa had been completely caught up in the story of the Candy King and the chocolate-covered rocket. was a good story, said Mary Farfisa. It sure was. What? How long have you all been here? From the start of the story. We knew the rocket was on this asteroid because we could smell the chocolate with our keen little snouts. We only pretended to go off to look where you said. We circled back and followed you here to the cave. You were so caught up in hearing the story and the rocket was so caught up in telling it that you didn't hear us come in. Oh, no. And the worst part is, I'm cornered. Well, you star piglets may have the chocolate-covered rocket cornered, but you just can't eat him. He's alive, like you or me. I know how much you like sweets, but it wouldn't be right. Well, the rocket ship does look awfully good to eat. But now that we know his story, we know we can't eat him. Even if he had been just an ordinary rocket, we would have just nibbled his tail fins a bit so whoever was inside the rocket could get back home. We just got carried away chasing him. Can't we just nibble his tail fins a bit? No, you can't. Oh, all right. It's hard for us to control ourselves sometimes. But if the Candy King could control himself while he was hungry for all that time, maybe we can do it too. Well, I hope so. Come on, Star Piglets. Let's go back home and eat something there. But how do we get home from here? I don't know. We were so busy chasing the chocolate-covered rocket, I didn't pay any attention to where we were going. We don't know where we are. And we don't know the way back home. You're lost? We're... Lost! Um, don't worry, Piglets. We'll get you back home. You will. But we don't know the way. Well, I think I do. I remember where we were when you first started chasing me. But it's a long way from where we are now. Oh, no. I'm too tired to make a long trip after all that chasing. Me too. I'll tell you what. I think you'll all fit inside me. I can use my hard candy controls to locate your planet. And I'll use the chocolate milk in my fuel tanks to fly you all back there. Oh, that's so nice of you, chocolate-covered rocket. But... You star piglets have to control yourselves during the trip. You have to promise not to eat the chocolate-covered rocket's marshmallow cushions or nibble on anything else inside him during the trip. We won't. We promise. We just want to go back home. 
How was outer space, Mary? Oh, it was fun. I met a rocket ship, Briscoe, and it was alive. And guess what? It was a chocolate-covered rocket, and all of its insides were made of candy. So just another day in space. Yep. Mary, come look on the kitchen table. Why, it's little round slices of Mary and Briscoe's Balloon Fruit and Carbulian Custard Cake 3.0. But Briscoe, we needed that cake for the bake sale. Don't worry, Mary. The cake is still there and ready to be sold at the school. I merely carved out a circular hole in the center of the cake, in the style of a Bazorbabillion Bunt Cake. The cake is right on the counter, looking good as new. Wow, you just took the middle out. It looks like a really tall donut now. We'll call it Mary and Briscoe's Really Tall Donut Cake. I think we should charge an extra Doppler for it. But it has less cake in it. Yes, but now it's custom made. Briscoe. Here, try a slice. Mmm, it's good. We were right. Version 3.0 really is the best. You've been listening to The Chocolate-Covered Rocket, today's episode of Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater. Written and produced by Jim Sheff. Kara Albach starred as Mary Farfisa. Jim Sheff played Briscoe the Space Horse. Bill Culbertson appeared as the Candy King. Miranda Marie was our narrator, and she also played the Star Piglets. Tim Young played the role of the Chocolate-Covered Rocket. And the lovely guitar music we heard was written and performed by Terry Allen. Mary Farfisa and today's Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater Adventure are copyright 2017 by Jim Sheff, all rights reserved.